cool cats and kittens. We are taking it back vintage style this episode. Hi, Rom Criminals. This is Vanya, your co-host. Uh, yeah, so I'm about to introduce you into a fun series that Avern and I did for our Patreons. Before we get into it, oh, and guess what else? The fun thing about this episode that you're about to listen to, it's got the old school vintage Rom Crime intro music. So get on in on that. Get on in on that. It's kind of fun. It's very, it's like spooky. So I want to just, you know, talk a little bit about my own rom for the week. And guess what, guys? Summertime for the first time, for the first time in three years or more, uh, I got my vajayche waxed. I know. Sorry, family who's listening. But guess what? I got it sugared, not waxed, actually. And I wanted to say that, like, it didn't hurt as bad as I thought it was going to. I was very nervous, but, oh, that was my son. Hi, let's talk about our vajayjays. I don't think he knows what a vajayjay is. Luckily, we use the oh, correct words in this house. Um, no, but yeah, so I'm like all clean down. It's I'm ready to wear swimsuits and not worry about any peeking hairs out. You're welcome, family. Anywho, and really, you're welcome, my husband. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually our 20-year anniversary this uh, coming... S- It's actually in August, but we are going to celebrate it. I'm so excited to be, I don't think I've been alone with my husband for more than a day in the last three years. So I'm excited is all I'm saying. I'm excited. So that's my ROM for the week. And my crime, you guys, this is, okay, maybe you've had this experience, but okay. So I'm afraid of bugs mostly. And I really, I've gotten good because if I'm the only one here with the kids, I will kill whatever, or I will try to trap, you know, catch and release. I definitely try that first before like taking a bat to the wall. Um, cause I'm very, I don't know. It's just something in me. I really hate bugs. And, um, as I was opening the door, I was like letting a friend, friend out of my house. And I just saw like, I thought it was maybe like a hummingbird. I saw, Oh God, this is horrible. I, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I saw something flying like a, like a shadow. It was a wasp. And I'm talking, this wasp was probably two inches. Okay. Maybe an inch and a half, but it was huge. And it had made a mud nest in our door frame for the front door. And I looked it up. They're called mud daubers. And oh my God, you guys, this is is crazy. So we did call a pest person, but obviously we should be able to get rid of this on our own. When you, when we took down the thing, uh, the, the nest, there was like probably like 20 dead spiders in there. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and I was like, what the hell? And then it was, it, that's what they eat. So like, it's a solitary wasp, a lady wasp who comes in and stores a bunch of food and then like has babies. And I'm like, oh God, apparently they're not like super aggressive towards humans, but they're so big that I'm like, just no, Mm-mm, not in this house. No, 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 no. And I've never seen one so big. I like screamed bloody murder. I think I scared everybody in the neighborhood. So that's my crime for the week, guys. Um, get ready to, uh, for um, Avrin and I, you're going to laugh because this was like, we recorded this back when uh, I believe President, uh, well, Mr. Trump was still in office. And so you're going to hear some sassiness uh, for our, and some, some you're going to hear us just kind of go off on random things because it was also I believe it was pandemic time so we were just searching for any kind of light or 
We're real stressed out. Anyway, but welcome to us covering Love Fraud, the search for a man who preyed upon unsuspecting women looking for love. And guess what? We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing summer and we'll be back in two weeks. Patreon fans. Hi, guys. Friends, fans, friends. friends. We are here today to start off a new sort of mini little series, mini doc yes. series. I, w- I think we've like found our, our bonus Patreon content formula. It's like, yes. let's get obsessed with something that's true crime and rom crime. Yes. And let's walk you through it. Walk you guys through it. And this this is different than our last one. So how um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark obviously spawned a new love for, for me. Vanya and I, yeah. and our now obsession with Michelle McNamara that we will That's take with right. us always. This is a totally different vibe, yep. but an equally intriguing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. true crime docuseries. This one's more in the vein of, say, a Dirty John. That's true. Or a Tiger King. Oh, my God. This, the characters yes. in this is, are wild. So we're on Showtime, right? We're watching yep, a Showtime it's, it's show. It's on Showtime. That's the, the channel it's on if you decide you want to watch and follow along. I'm watching on Prime. Yeah, that's how I'm watching yeah, too. Because you can pay for each episode. But if you don't want to pay and just hear about it, yeah. here we go, guys. This is episode one of Love Fraud, which I guess I should just let you know is free on Amazon Prime. Yeah, the first episode one. one, yes. Which was nice. We don't have to pay for I appreciate for this that. One. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, I'm like, it's a teaser. That's right. I loved it. It's um, so... It's just crazy. Wild, yeah. And it takes place all in... In the downtown-ish Kansas City area, which is not too far from where, like, I lived with my parents when I was in middle school, high school. And then I went to college in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, I have friends who live in downtown KC. So do you. So you can, yes. And you can, like, um, shout out Kate Giesel, although you're not a Patreon member. So never mind. I take that back. because we're going to shout out Samara Naimi, who isn't one either. But she's (laughs) the reason we are, we we knew about this one. Yes, absolutely. And she is from the suburbs of the Kansas City area as well. It must be, because I was watching and I was seeing, like, you know, sites. And I was like, I bet she knows this corner, you know. I mean, I the funny thing is, is that I don't because I only ever lived. I, in college, I went out in my college town sure. and I was underage before that. So that makes sense. Now, when they're saying things like Olive Garden and <clears throat> um, Chester's <laughs> and Yaya's or whatever, or not Yaya's. Club Yaya, yeah. I've never been to Club Yaya, but Applebee's, you bet your sweet ass I went to some, <laughs> some fine meals in those establishments growing up in the suburbs. Oh, guys, love fraud. Episode one. I'm searching for something that, honestly, I've never really had before. I want to be wanted. I want to be with somebody that truly loves me. I'll do anything to be somebody's everything. That's truly what I want. You just got to trust me. We're sorry. This number has been disconnected. I will say the main title sequence was so cool. The whole thing is really I have cool. to give I have to give it to like 
the Showtime director, producers, creative team because it it looks really cool. And this song. You tell me the truth. And then you tell me lies. First you say hello. And then you say goodbye. What you're thinking of But I don't want no So we start off by meeting Tracy. Tracy is literally like a single mom and it's she's getting ready to go on a date and her kids are so cute and they're like helping her with her makeup. And I would um, have a hard time with that. I would not want someone to touch my face like that. Right. But it was well, fine. But it was cute. And so she's <laughs> it was very she's cute. talking to her kids and she's like, I'm nervous. Do they serve alcohol at Chester's? And yeah. then she's like, What should we talk about? And I said one of her kids suggested real estate, which I went like, ha, <laughs> Okay, that's that's the thing. And then she is being interviewed. This is Tracy. And she says, dating in your 40s sucks. It seems like your only choice is to go online to meet anybody, but it's hard. Yeah. And I keep thinking, yeah, that would be hard. And I don't think I'm in my 40s, but I am. I just turned 40. Mm-hmm. Something. Dating is hard always, but yeah. I cannot. Yeah, I cannot and having imagine children. how hard it would be to, you know, like be a, like, be 47 year old 47 years old with like two kids at home that's your priority yeah she's she talks about she works yeah to make money to take care of her kids and that is all that is what she does she mm-hmm. works and hangs out with her kids that's it so she finds a profile that she likes and for Tracy he was in real estate and he owned his own company he was mm-hmm. a pilot and he was also extremely devout Christian Christian which yeah. she was as well it was very important to her. And they had their first date, and he right. picked her up on his motorcycle Ooh, so and took exciting. her for a ride. And then she she was describing the date, and she said, it was freedom. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. And he becomes like, he's everything she ever wanted. Yeah. Like, he's attentive, all these things. And he quickly is like, I can't, I can't spend a day without you. I need to be with yes. you. And so he moves in. Yeah, but not before we jump from Tracy and we meet Ellen. Oh, that's true. Ellen. Who says the first time that she spoke to him, they talked for three hours. They fired on all cylinders. He was always taking her out to like fancy meals at Applebee's, Yaya's, Olive oh. Garden, and Chester's. Ellen has the great hairdo. Yeah, Ellen's amazing. They're all amazing. Yeah. And then um, they play a little bit more of some of those like voiceover recordings of, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. voicemails he left them. And the one they play while we meet Ellen is All I Do is Think About You Constantly. He wined and dined her. She said there were times that he was the perfect partner. Then we segue into another voicemail message Mm -hmm. that says, I love you. I really honest to God love you. And now we're being introduced to Sabrina. Which breaks my heart. Absolutely. She did. (sighs) 
She'd come home from work and there were gifts on her bed and she loved him. She said, God loves me. Mm-hmm. God does love me. He finally sent me someone I've been asking for. So she'd been having, you a know, hard time dating as well. Yeah. She said, yeah, I was in love with him. He made me feel like number one. And I've never had a guy do anything like that for me. So I guess that should your little red flag should ju- jump off. Yes, so if you're feeling too I, good, I'm kidding. That's yeah, a very negative way no, to but think. It's but it's also, <laughs> it's true. If things seem too good to be true, they are. They but I think be, this yeah. is also such an interesting depiction of like, how poorly women are treated in relationships all the time you or know, taken for granted totally or all like, that. So that's, as we go through this, I, I think you guys are starting to pick up on what we're, we're selling you here <laughs> in terms of what's happening to these women yeah. is that he didn't have to be super handsome. He did say he was super successful, which is a big deal. But what he did was treat them with kindness and shower them with affection, yeah. which was something that they didn't hadn't experienced in either a really long time or ever. And that is how he was able to take clearly bright women and convince them to move at these like warp speeds. Yeah, well, he went and got a tattoo. Remember with Sabrina? He said he wanted to get a tattoo of her name and he did it. And so she was like, well, shit. He really loves me. This person really does love me. Right, and then Tracy, so the first woman that we met, even she's talking about it. Yeah, he's like moving in almost immediately. And she overheard two of her friends talking about it. And her first friend was like, don't you think she's moving too fast? And her second friend was like, she's 47 years old. Right. Like that answers that question. Yeah. Things just go at a different pace at that age. So in her own brain, she even thought, so it is not too fast. Yeah, this yeah. is normal. We're older. Right. And then we meet Kayla, Tracy's daughter. Oh, yeah. Who originally thought that her mom had finally like found yeah. the right guy for her. Because all you want is your parents to be happy. You know, if your parents are divorced, all you want is for them to find that love of their life and Mm -hmm. to feel all the feelings that you want to feel someday or do feel. You want happiness for your parents. Like we, we want our loved ones to be happy and to be loved. Yes. And so then we cut back to Ellen who describes an evening where she got all dressed up and he took her to the Yaya Club and he proposed to her he's like she was like i love dressing up mm-hmm. i just i'm one of those people who just i just love dressing up and he was like well i guess this is the goodest time of any right and then that's right so it's ellen who says he said <laughs> i guess this is a good a time as any cut to tracy he said let's get married cut to sabrina he told me i was the one yeah and they do a lot of that in this where it's mm-hmm. like a through line of the exact same conversation but three different women are having it with the same guy and they it's very well I'm also done like how does he have time for all these but yes right so all three women that we've introduced you to so far so that would be tracy ellen and sabrina are engaged and they got to go to zales and pick out like these crazy beautiful diamond rings yeah and tracy or ellen asked him how are you going to pay for this and then Cut to Tracy. Well, he told me that he'd been in a lawsuit that had to do with something medical in his face. Cut to Ellen. Back to Ellen. He told me he'd won a medical malpractice lawsuit and um, the settlement was $12 million, which would be around $7.8 million after lawyer's fees. And then Tracy says, so everything we were doing revolved around November 7th. That was the day he was going to receive that money. Yep. I mean, again, red flag people. Yeah. Millions? He's like, he's like, like, buy your own engagement ring because I'm about to come into millions of dollars and then we'll take care of a, it. Oh, what a yep. jerk. And then Sabrina, we cut to Sabrina and she says, all of a sudden he wanted to combine checking accounts. And I said, okay, because we were getting married. He bought sports cars and houses and 
vacation houses and everything was in these women's name. Mm. But he said, like, I'll make the payments. We're going to be millionaires yeah, very he, soon. Uh, he also, like, just to keep up his, you know, reputation, he would give money to, well, I'm sure it didn't go to churches, but yeah, he was like, but he would say, like, we're, how are we going to change the world with our newfound wealth? Yeah. So then Tracy describes how after they got engaged, he started acting really strange. Then we cut to Ellen. He wouldn't sleep at night. He'd get up and watch hours and hours of TV shows. He really liked American Greed. Oh, oh, sorry. Ellen says he wouldn't sleep. He'd get up and watch hours of TV. Cut to Sabrina. Yeah. I see it's hard to keep track. Yeah. Um, he really liked uh, that show American Greed and those Lifetime television movies. And I wrote, if a man likes Lifetime television, like made by Lifetime yeah. television movies, run. They're literally yeah. all about like a woman being... That's true. Like killed, manipulated, horribly treated by a man. And then, well, I guess usually she gets hers in the end, which yeah. I'm hoping is a, a like Wait, a nice metaphor for this. Is this when, because I was like, what the hell? Ellen, our fun Ellen. Ellen had the hair of like um, Nancy Grice. Yes. Ellen has Nancy Grice hair. Okay. So, but she talks about that he like would run the tub with just a little bit of hot water and lay there with the lights off. And he wanted her to sit there. And he said there were times he would be looking at you and be t- and talking to you, but his eyes didn't see you. Right. And, he wouldn't, and like when she would have him, have her come sit in there with him while he was in the tub, he wouldn't speak. So she's like, why am I here? So basically once the engagement has been, they've yeah. said yes, the man starts to get a little weird. Um, and noticeably enough so that Kayla, Tracy's daughter, starts to feel uncomfortable. He keeps trying to move up the wedding day. Like, yeah. we should get married. We should we should elope. We should just get married now. And she's like, this is strange. So she decides, because she's concerned for her mom, mm-hmm. to search his car. And she finds a bunch of pills in bottles where the like prescription label has been ripped off. And then she finds a bunch of papers in the car and they have a, several different names on them. So she starts putting these names like into Google on her yeah. phone. And when she puts one of the names in, it leads her to a blog with a picture of her mother's fiance on top. And the blog is called Richard Scott Smith is a crook. Which they, by the way, they they knew him as Mickey. Yeah. I love that we both managed to never say his name once until then. Because I, I was I was trying to write it that way, where I was like, he, the boyfriend. But yes, yeah, yeah. so we don't, his name is Richard Scott Smith. I will heretofore be referring to him as Dick Scott Smith, because it's a nickname for Richard and it suits him. <laughs> okay, perfect. So I love he's it. he's Dick Scott Smith. And she, so she started, so she calls her mom and tells her she needs to get the fuck home because Mickey is not who you think he is. Right. <laughs> and then the blog. So we start seeing things from the blog. Um, it was started by his sixth wife, Lisa. And all of a sudden, so we've now been introduced to these three women. That's bad enough, right? Oh, all of these other women start popping up with like a line here, a line there. There's Jean, Sandy, Candy, Caroline, Carrie, Tracy, Angela, Lisa, Sabrina, Michelle, another Lisa, Jennifer, Christine, and Vanessa. You're amazing. I, I just kind of went blank when that all happened. I, I just wrote straight, a myriad of women. <laughs> I straight up put on the closed captionings 
and paused <laughs> and was like, it was so good. Furiously writing it down. So this man is not only a con man, he's a bigamist. He married several of these women actually married him and are still married to him. He bilked each and every one of them out of anywhere from $95,000 to $700,000. It is upsetting when they talk about it, especially the girl who says her voice is quivering. He financially ruined yeah. so many women. All, all of them. That was his whole goal. So now Sabrina, she says, this guy ripped my world and then boom, just walked away. Mm. I lost everything. She, has to, she had to move in with her parents. She went to the police for identity theft and like, yeah, you know, this guy literally conned me and um, they she gave said, him probation. Yeah, she said, unless you, if you, unless you kill somebody, they don't give a shit. The cops don't give a shit. Sabrina is mad, y'all. Oh, and I'm here so for her. Pissed. And yeah. then she's like, I tell girls the best way to get over a guy is revenge. And then she like <laughs> looks into the camera and she's like, Rick, I'm coming for you. Oh, it was good. Oh. I, love I know it so much, Sabrina. We like you. We like all of you, but Sabrina, you're just just and, really. I, I want I, you to get your yours. Me too. So I she want needs to, her comeuppance. Yeah, I or want he you, needs his comeuppance. I want you to get him good. Yeah. So the women, you can see her pain. Oh my god, she had to like move back in with her parents. She has nothing. He took all of her money. I would be rageful as well. Yes. So these women decide if the fucking cops don't give a shit because he didn't kill them. Then they're going to take matters into their own hands. Mm, enter. Enter. The lady bounty hunter. Carla, the bounty oh, hunter, yes. former bartender turned bounty hunter. I wrote right after, needs her very own show. She really does. She's so, her char- oh her face is so full of character. She's like, she's always got like the, what is the, the Bluetooth like, earpiece? The Bluetooth earpiece ear in. But this is, I wrote this oh. down because this is basically one of our first moments with her. So this is me <laughs> yeah. doing her. Tyler, hey, Tyler, what's going on? Turns to the camera. This is Tyler. He works for Steve, and he's an arrogant asshole cowboy motherfucker, and I hate him. <laughs> hey, what's going on, Tyler? <laughs> like, she literally turns. She's calling to a real person who's approaching her. Yeah. And then she turns, looks right at the camera, and she says, he's an arrogant asshole cowboy motherfucker, and I hate him. And then without missing a beat, oh, hey, how's it going? And he doesn't have any clue that she just told the whole oh, world what she amazing. thinks of him. And she's got like a real smoker, gravelly voice. Oh, yeah, voice. she smokes the whole time. Yeah. She's like wearing shirts that say, did I ask for your opinion? <laughs> no, I didn't think so. Like, we love this woman. She said, I love the I love the thrill of the chase. No, that's not her voice. I love the thrill. I love the chase. And I love getting some assholes off the street. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Oh, my God. And then the girls, a couple of the ladies are talking to Carla in her office, and she's like, I just don't understand how y'all seem smart, like how this even happened. And they're like, no, you don't understand. Like we were engaged. We were married. Like I I loved this person. And then she's like, well, I still don't get it. But if y'all going to do online dating, you need to go to farmers.com because those country boys, (laughs) they're not going to try to take nothing from you. And then I wrote, ha, ha, ha. That's so funny. It's true. I'm like, now I'm like curious. Do anyone out there? <laughs> farmers.com. I didn't yeah. think I knew that was a thing. Yeah, it's farmer something. It's farmer. Is it just farmers.com? Anyways, but it's, it's a dating site and it's real. It's a real thing. And Carla is so unbelievably pissed off at the douche canoe that could do this to yeah. all these women that she takes their case pro bono she says i hate men who abuse women in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. and this is a result of her having been in an incredibly abusive relationship as a young young woman and then she says i'm coming for you rick but i'm calling him dick and she said yeah she she made a point in her life that she would that would never happen to her again right and that she would do anything she could to 
help prevent that from happening to anyone else. We love you, Carla. Yeah. And then now it's like, now we're in the next sort of beat or tone of the show is like looking for... We got to find this guy. And I find this funny. So we have Tracy. Remember Tracy, Mm -hmm. the mom of whatever two? She gets a call from the producer. Heidi, the producer is game to join or something. She's like, what are you doing? She's like, we're looking for him. Yeah, you want to come? And then the producer goes, fuck yeah. "Yeah." I thought that was really funny. And then Nick, Tracy's son, sneaks into the garage. Right. So he owned um, like a bunch of apartments in downtown KC. And so she knows where they are. So she thinks, why don't we go down there and see what we can find? They Mm -hmm. break into the garage where there's several cars and a motorcycle and they write down all the license plates. I love that also she has her kids. Like, I know. like Kayla's the one that outed him, yeah. and Nick's the one that's like, "I'll sneak into the garage." But they do the seem like plans. kind of adult kids, right? Yeah, they're grown. Yeah, okay. They're not children. <laughs> Sorry, they're they're her children, but they're not. They're not. That's not like a ten year old. Yeah. Like, what's a license plate? That might be you a little know? fucked up, but <laughs> but yeah. So then they get all the license plate numbers on all yeah. the vehicles that are in his garage, and they send them to Carla to check them out. Yeah, and every single one of them is registered to like. An a LTD company. or a company. And she said, this guy's not stupid because even though the cops aren't really looking for him, there is a warrant out for his arrest. And if he got his plates run for any reason, they would know that and he'd be arrested. Mm. So she's like, so clearly this guy is not new to this game. Right. And they they also put it on the message board in the blog, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then we meet. Keeping the other Jean. ladies. Right. Jean wanted to know he's not hurting other right. women. Because she was his eighth or ninth, not sure yeah. which wife. And they were married for nine months, and he took everything from her. And then there is a another creepy voiceover of Dick Scott Smith complaining that he's always felt alone, and that he never mattered yeah. to anyone. And I wrote down, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. But it does introduce us to another interesting character. Right. His his friend from high school. But he's like, I just wrote, he's a sociopath, and, and just whatever. He yeah, talks. so we meet Gary. Gary. Dick Scott Smith's good friend from high school. Apparently, they started out as enemies because Dick Scott Smith would like taunt and make fun of Gary, but then if something switched and they became buddies. They both um, dropped out of high school their junior year, that's and that's so where everything kind of changed with Dick Scott Smith. He became obsessed with companionship. He thought it would be cool to see how many girls he could date at the same time and not get caught. He was a pathological liar. Gary says, Dick Scott Smith, I just really like saying it, you guys. Yeah. So I'm keep doing it. <laughs> Gary says, Dick Scott Smith doesn't know the difference between right or wrong. No more. And it's going to end one of two ways, in a jail cell or a coffin, because he's going to mess with the wrong woman. Now, we should also let you know that <laughs> Gary has like about 15 cats yes, that are like cats. all purring the whole time he's talking and it's he's petting them. And it's amazing. a little interesting, strange, awesome. And in no body shaming way, he's if he had died in his house, they would have to take the roof off. And yeah, yeah, and he the was cats were quite large. Eat. Oh, God. That's, cats that's what I worry. I'm like, the cats will eat you. I know. That's why you don't get cats. God, don't drop out of high school. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, again, I don't want to be judgy. Just but don't be a pathological yeah. liar sociopath. I know. And when you wrote, when you said he got, he's going to end up in jail, I wrote, he's going to end up in jail or in a coffin because he's going to fuck with the wrong bitch one day, yeah. which he does. And then he, I, he's clearly already there. And we cut back to our beautiful bounty hunter, Carla, who's again, wearing her Bluetooth earpiece and smoking. He looks like a dumbass, but he's not. He strategically plans every move he makes on women. And then they talk about why Mary, why Mary? That's what, th- there's right. a bunch of ladies in his her, they're her all, office. They're all kind of chatting. Like, why it's is he very, marrying it's us? It's very funny though, because she has, she's basically 
called them all there to yeah. be like, I got nothing, ladies. Yeah. Like, we're, we got to dig in and find something else. This guy has like nine different aliases, social security numbers. There's no way for me to find right. him. And the women are like, well, what if he's dead? And she's like, that would be fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> they would fingerprint him and then we'd know. We'd know. And then, then there's an interesting conversation between the women being like, I want him to fucking die. And then the other women being like, I want him to rot in jail. I don't want him to die. And she's yeah. like, I just want a toe tag is what one of them says. Um. And, uh, but if he marries them, it's, it's community. Everything is hit or, you know, he community has a property. legal right yeah. to their stuff, their stuff, which is why he's so desperate to push. He would marry all of them if he could get away with it. It's just yeah. some of them catch wise to him before. I'm confused. Is there not like a database that when you apply to be married that, some, oh, he was, was using aliases, aliases, different socials, and also different states, women in different states. Oh, gotcha. Like, I don't think he married multiple women from the same area. I see. So the women are now... They're just... But they're currently in Kansas City because that's where his last few people... Right. And I think these women are all from like... Like one of them says she's from Independence, Missouri. Okay, so they're probably so, all from like the Kansas, Missouri, gotcha. like Midwestern yep, area. Yep, the ones it. that are actively working together to track him down. So they're... they're Carla has no leads. Right. They're looking for him. And the and girls so, start to look online. Yeah. The girls, they are like, well, how'd I meet him? Yeah. And they find his profile on a website called Plenty of Fish. Which is and a Christian like, dating site. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what the F? How many different dating oh, there's sites so are many. there? There's so many. Yeah. Plenty of Fish is for Christian people. Okay. And then there's J-Date, which is for Jewish people. Okay. Okay. There's a bunch of them. But the Farmer one is another one I've actually heard of. Farmers? It's farmers something. It, I feel like it can't be farmers. No, it can't. Like it, that's the state farm yeah. website. So, but they're on plenty of fish and they find that little And they find far. him. And then on top of finding his profile, a new tip hits the blog, yeah. which is that he was spotted at a karaoke bar in downtown KC with a new woman. Who, how, who was it a random tip or how, how did that happen? I, I'm assuming it's probably like one of the many women he oh, wronged yeah. that like, somebody who knew her and knew what he looked like yeah but so oh he is spotted God. at a karaoke bar so carla goes into online sleuth mode and she's like googling bars in downtown kc that have karaoke on the night in question she finds all the bars she's going through all the, their facebook photos and she actually finds a photo of dick scott smith and his new girlfriend singing karaoke at a bar called shots any of our kc peeps know shots is that a fun bar? Yeah. Should we go when we come to visit? Should we come visit and do karaoke there? Also, I love karaoke, by the way. It's my birthday next week. And guess what I got for my birthday? A karaoke machine. Yeah, she did. Um, very excited. So Sorry. In a, in a beautifully confusing twist for something that's audio-based, Dick's new girlfriend is also named Carla. But with a K. But with a K. Yeah. yeah. So Carla with a K, she will be referred to, is a married mom yeah who ditched her family in the world words of carla the bounty hunter for that dick yeah husband and kids for that piece of shit and then we meet jim oh jim carla with a k's husband they were together for 39 40 years he can't remember come on man so anyways but she started singing karaoke he said that she starts singing karaoke and she started coming home later and later and she was like obsessed with karaoke he said like she would lay lay in bed and practice and he's like my god woman with your karaoke and we Uh, first meet him also on a motorcycle i did not know how big 
middle-aged people were into their motorcycle oh yeah riding. yeah i think it's like a sense of like youth and control like, yeah an adventure know? and fun but it was yeah. just so funny i'm like man i've seen almost every person in this show on a motorcycle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except for carla the bounty hunter because she right. doesn't need to prove she's cool that's true she's just badass <laughs> <laughs> so yeah she's into the karaoke scene and she starts staying out at these this karaoke bar later and later until eventually she's like claiming that she's sleeping over with a girlfriend because it's too late and she's too tired to drive and then one day out of the blue, she calls him up and she says, I want a divorce. And he's like, what? Yeah. What the fuck's going on? And then and he races to his bank because he's like, oh, shit. I feel like something's weird. And he had $8 or 80. Eight I think it was $80. Left. He had taken she, his bank accounts have been drained. He had $80 that left is in his checking account. So mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is really awful. Oh, it's just the worst. And then a few days after that horrible thing happens, Jim receives a message letting him know that the guy his wife is messing around on him with is only after his money. <clears throat> the message goes on. His name is Richard Scott Smith. Dick Scott Smith. Yep. And he's a psychopath. Cut to Jim shooting at a target with a rifle. I to know. Some I'm like, music. Ooh. I was like, oh, are we... Okay, he's practicing shooting. Right, and the text also said, this is very important for you to know if you want to save your family. Right. He's trying to steal your money. Yeah, like he doesn't love your wife. Yeah. So even if she thinks that there's like this romance, this man is using her, manipulating her to take your money. And now he's practicing target shooting. And then we cut back to Carla, the bounty hunter, who is staking out the karaoke bar. But Dick Scott Smith doesn't show up. No. Where the hell is that asshole? Where is that motherfucker? Yeah. And then <laughs> we meet our final new character, yep. a woman named Paige, mm-hmm. who was in business with Dick Scott Smith. Yeah. So she basically was, they worked together, those apartments for lease that yeah. we were talking about. Yep. They both like worked for this, that that company. Mm-hmm. I guess he owned it maybe, but not really. I think she owned it. They well, worked together. She, managed, she was apartment manager, yeah. I think is what her title was, right? And she said that she always found him to be like a fast talker and a little bit sleazy. Yeah. So she never fell for his charms. But seeing as she was in business with him and had money of her own invested into this business that they had, yes. three weeks prior to this interview with her, he stopped paying his bills and completely disappeared. And she was out somewhere between fifty and sixty thousand dollars. But then, that's right. She went. She was just going to their property, the 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 property that they have, the apartments that she manages. She yeah. went there, and who is getting off the elevator? But Dick Scott Smith, who tries to like, you know, turn his head so she can't see him, and she's like, "What?" Yeah. That motherfucker owes me money. And yo. then it's crazy because you see it's footage. It's at, she takes her cell phone yeah. out and she videos follows it. Him. And I was like, does he? He kind of was because she's in her car. She like ducks down in her car and she's probably has her cell phone up trying to right. And she's filming him basically loading a moving van yeah. or a moving truck. Yeah. And then it kind of looks like he stares right at her. It right. Does. And it's then creepy. And then she says, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> Cut to credits. That's right. Ends with one way. Or another Hello. Hello to our Patreons. Hi, Patreons. How's everybody's week been? Man. 
2020, am I right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's not even like, can't even joke about it. It's I know. Just it's crazy. Crazy. The big news this week is President Donald Trump has contracted the coronavirus. Yes, along with his wife and several other people in the White House and members of Congress and it's, Kellyanne Conway. And yeah, it's crazy. You know, a lot of those people are not healthy. Well, I mean, he is in hospital. Yeah. Although he does, every time they show like a video from him, he looks like he's hanging in there. I think he's fine. I think it's a stunt and I think he wants sympathy. <laughs> I do. I don't know. I mean, it's that's what's to me right there that says it all. The fact that we can't trust any truth to come from the White House means that even something like this, where you have like doc medical doctors, like why would they lie? But I'm like, well, but if they're Trump's doctors, why wouldn't they lie? I don't know. I think he might actually have it. Um, I think he has it. I do. Uh, but... I mean, I think he does have it. But remember how I was joking about a screenplay? Yes. Where it, like you infect oh, yeah. all of the, the like upper old white dudes in the in Congress with it and it eventually makes its way to the White House. I was making yeah. that joke with you like the day before or yeah. the, a couple days before this all happened. And I was like, God, I hope there's no big brother that listens in and thinks that. Oh, my God. They're I'm, like arresting you. I'm you're like, you did me. it. They're like, your you brain. put this, you, your well, brain did it. It's either that or you're um, psychic. Or I'm psychic, which I'm more inclined to believe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing happening in the news this week is actually super devastating. It's happening in Armenia. I'm half Armenian and um, it's on the border of Azerbaijan and Armenia. And just like a little, like a quick little context, but... Back in 1915, there was a genocide where the Turkish people like tried to wipe out the Armenians. Um, it was it was basically because they were Christian, and I don't know who the hell knows, but it was like probably over money as well. Right. And the, they did the same thing they did in the, during the Holocaust. You know, they first killed all the artists and like right. thinkers and you know people people like that. Anyways, 1.5 million Armenians were killed, including like my great grandfather and grandmother and tons of family. And the, long story short, Turkish government's like, no, that didn't happen. We, yeah. It was a civil they war. They fully denied the genocide. Yeah, yeah. And still do. Well, and they, the reason, I mean, that's not why they can, but they um, they do because, you know, it was before there was media pictures. Mm-hmm. The only reason Americans heard about it was because of missionaries that were stationed there. And they were like, right. there are atrocities happening. Right. So anyways... Now, so what what happened back then is let's see the this land that the the dispute is over. This is what I believe in. Hey, anybody out there, <laughs> if they know I'm wrong, please let us know. But whatever they're disputing over is there was a certain amount of land taken from them on the border. But then when the Russians came in to sort of like save them, I guess from the Turks, they gave them their land back. They right. said, okay, now you get you can have your land back. Now what's happening is Azerbaijan with the help of Turkey. And different, you know, who's bringing in like people, mercenaries, mercenaries from like Syria as yeah, well. Like it's I basically heard. what happened in Syria, which this is so fucked up. It makes me so stressed out and worried because my where my uncle and aunt and like cousins lived in in Syria in Aleppo basically wiped out that area. So now they're in Armenia because right. Armenians would take them, you know. And now, now it's happening here, and I'm just like, why? Why? It's yeah. so frustrating. Anyways, yeah. and, I know and also just. It's just hor- it's horrifying what's going on, and expe- especially especially <laughs> in the midst of a global pandemic yeah. when everyone is suffering already for yeah. 
for people to take advantage of a situation like this where and try to displace and or even worse, you know, but take take this land away from the Armenians again in this moment in time. Yeah. Just feels like they're the biggest shitheads in the world. They are. Well, and that guy Erdogan or whatever his last name is, the oh, Turkish yeah, the man, Turkish. he is an evil Ar- motherfucker. Erwan, I think, Erwan. Or- he also said um, that he was, he wanted to finish what his grandfather oh, started. Oh, my God. Basically a real dick, dick wuzzy. So it's really so sad. Donate money. Yeah. And like learn about this stuff. Arm yeah. yourself with information. Exactly. And um, speak up about it yeah. and make it something that, that the American people pay attention to if you have that ability, if yep. you have like a big Thanks. social media following or you have a lot of money. Yeah, I know. And I know everybody is, you know, for the best, but it's just like, it's just like, come on guys, yeah. why? The world is a dumpster fire inside of like... Garbage. A can. garbage fire know. inside of a hell. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Put, throw up on top of that yeah it's but, really fun but we're happy to have you guys yes as our you know our closest our, our, our loveliest and one most wonderful supporters and we have a great episode two to cover today yep. love fraud episode two on showtime Called or prime wichita oh my god i love it wichita that movie. wichita kansas which didn't your husband live there at one point I think so. I don't... Yeah, for in fourth grade. Yeah, it was like... I just remember that being a funny yeah. thing where a good friend of ours who also lived in Wichita, yeah. it was like they lived there the same year. It's Not that they very met, strange. the they world is small. It Maybe is. they did meet. They don't know. They were kids. Yeah, that's They don't right. remember everything. And then, okay, so the the um, episode starts, and again, I love that song. Yes. The, that really, really just good. gets you going. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like I'm about to watch some theater, yeah. which in a way... We are. It's like true, but... Um, did you know, Avrin, that mm. this um, Love Fraud series was an official selection at, at Sundance? I did not know that. Isn't that cool? Yeah. They they screened all four episodes and it was, you know. Selected. They, yeah. They were like, we like this. Well, they should have because it's really entertaining. It is very. And, whew, I'm so interested to see what happens. Me too. And the other thing I love about it is there's they do little like anima- animations in it mm-hmm. that are just beautiful. It almost yeah. reminded me of that show we saw downtown in oh, L.A. yeah. What right was that before show everything, it was literally, um, it was, it was weeks like before. Wolf in the Wonder Show. Yeah, is that the team that did it? That's the team, and now I can't. It was really cool, but anyways, yeah. it was a bunch of visual, um, like almost. It looked almost like like a graphic paper novel, put, puppetry like type. Yeah, life. yeah, it was <laughs> anyways, really cool. So I really highly recommend watching the show because it's also besides all the wonderful characters that we're meeting, the um, it's visually cool and yeah. even sounds good too. Okay. So it starts with a guy's voice, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like... It's a voiceover situation. Um, well, first it actually... So the the imagery that we're looking at when the voiceover starts is a jewelry store. Right. They're just like, engagement rings. <laughs> and you're just like, oh no, where are we going? Because we know. all know this man, Dick Scott Smith, is a real piece of work. Right. But well, who we're listening to this time is not Dick Scott Smith. It's a former co-worker of his named Matt... Right. Who is basically describing that he knew Dick Scott Smith several years before they um, in Atlanta. They worked together. At some point while they were working together, some jewelry store called, told Dick Scott Smith that he had scammed them and that if he didn't pay them back immediately, um, he, they, he was going to go to prison. On the next day, <laughs> shocking, Dick Scott Smith calls Matt and is like, I had a heart attack. I'm in the hospital. Yeah. And so then... 
Matt's like, oh, no. So he goes to visit his friend and coworker in the hospital. And the first thing he notices is that he's lying on the hospital bed, like, you know, with his hands kind of like behind his head. There are no machines in the room. There's, he's not hooked <laughs> up to anything. And most specifically, there's like not even a heart monitor machine. And Which you would have if you yeah. had had a and heart attack. If you'd had anything happen to you <laughs> other than just going into a hospital room and plopping yourself down there, yeah. something, there would be, you'd be connected to some kind of a machine. So then a doctor comes in, right? Yeah. And he's like, uh, have you ever had any heart episodes before? Or because we can't, we're not seeing any evidence of that. And then bing, bang, boom. Dick Scott Smith disappears into the ether and his co-worker, Matt, never saw him again. And Matt was like, he's a real piece of shit. Yeah, man. real piece of shit. I don't know. <laughs> so I thought that was just kind of an interesting opening where I yeah. was like, we don't ever come back to that. Or we, we don't, at least in this episode. That doesn't circle back around. We don't physically meet Matt on the show. We just hear his voice. Yeah. And um, it's just like, I think they're painting a picture of a scam artist. Mm-hmm. So he got caught up scamming some jewelry store out of a bunch of either jewels or money in some way they figured it out and they said we're going to the cops unless you pay us back he faked a heart attack to like get himself out of having to i guess maybe go to work that day and then disappeared so in the words of matt he's a real piece of shit yep yep but then we cut back to our favorite lady barbara the bounty hunter carla Oh, Carla. Sorry. Why do I want to call her Barbara? Because it rhymes. It's alliteration. Yeah. It's, Carla. It's confusing because there's two Carlas. That's right. We have Carla with a K, and who's the who's l- lead of this episode, kind of. Yes. But Carla with a C, Carla the Is bounty, bounty hunter. hunter. Thank you. Yes. And so we meet her. And what's she doing? Um, she's, what is she doing? She's shooting guns. That's out right. Ozarks. She's talking about how, you know, you do something to a woman around here. You're asking for death. Yeah. I wrote, Carla says, if Dick Scott Smith messed with any of the women of the Ozarks, he'd be dead. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. And then she tells us the story oh, of how so she good. became a bounty hunter. Why don't you tell us? Oh, she was like, well, I was a bartender, which I love. Which she totally was a bartender now she, that she said it. I was clearly. Like, you were a bartender. Yeah. She was a bartender and she, she was sitting there like tending bar and it was like a long bar and she saw a man some dude backhands a lady and she falls off the stool and without even thinking she jumps over the bar grabs him around the neck and like puts him in a sleeper hole yeah she knocks him unconscious with like chokes him out yeah and somebody saw her do it and said have you ever thought of bounty hunt bounty hunting Mm -hmm. and she's kind of like well is it risky yeah what is that and he's like you get to hunt people who are like yeah, you get to put the bad guys and bring them yeah. back to jail. And then she's like, wow, do I get to carry a gun? That's right. And uh, I love her. I love her too. Okay, so wait, I want to ask a quick question. Mm-hmm. What was the craziest thing that you ever did while bartending? <sighs> I mean, can you think? Because I can think of something. I could start while you think. You start while I think. Because we both were bartenders. Mm-hmm. I myself for nine years. I'm yes. a f- I was underage when I started. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm just... Pretending like I'm younger than I am. Anyways, no. So the, I have a couple crazy, crazy stories. But um, I have to say, I think in this vein, <laughs> uh, it was it's always late at night. And um, well, I feel bad telling the story. But anyways, these people were starting to fight. And they were all on, they were drunk, but probably on other things. And I held this guy back. I held him back from beating somebody up. And he... When it was all said and done and everything was done, and I honestly think I broke my finger because I was holding him. Right. But I was so filled with like 
like adrenaline. adrenaline and stuff like that and then when it was all said and done and everything was on he was like who which guy was holding me i was like it was me mother nice Mm-mm. yeah which i'm not proud of those moments but anyways i have tons of crazy stories i swear we could just do a whole series yes. of awful sure craziness could. well i never had to like fit i never got physical with anyone <laughs> but i had i mean mostly probably because i wasn't within the i witnessed or saw several fights start and break out but i wasn't like wherever i was in the bar i wasn't close enough to Mm -hmm. get into the fray not that i know that i would have (laughs) but i definitely um had a a couple of times where i would be opening the bar and be the middle of the day and it was just me by myself and there was this guy that came in twice and the first time like i knew he was clearly on something i was doing my best to try to like slow his role with the drinking and then like get him to leave, but I'm alone in right. the bar. And at one point, like he kind of started to get aggressive with me and I'm again alone in the bar. Jesus. And I somehow managed to, I took the beer away. I managed to like puff myself. I'm, I was significantly taller than this guy, by oh, the way. Yeah. He was like probably five feet tall, but okay. he was kind of a big dude. Yeah. He was like- I wouldn't miss, yeah. I wasn't trying to have a yeah. physical altercation by myself in a bar. Um, but I managed to just basically be like, I, you gotta go. Yeah. I'm going to need to ask you to leave. And I had my hand like on the phone and I kind of yeah. was like, or I'm going to have to make a phone call. You know who runs the bakery next door, right? Good and, for that you. Guy, and the guy was like, what? And I was like, I'm just saying, I can have three huge dudes here in a matter of seconds yeah. or you can leave. Good for you. And he left and he never came back. That's great. I will say most of the time, any conflicts I would always... Oh, yeah. I mean, I... with voices and words. Yes. And I, I, Adam always thought it was so funny. I would always say to people, um, I'm not really, I'm not in, liking your vibe right now. You're kind of, so what did I say? I can't remember. It was something like that where like, I made people feel, like, feel, feel like they were themselves. crazy. Yeah, you're like, I'm really like not, like your energy and vibe is, is really rubbing me the wrong way. Yeah, and, and people would leave. So anyway, yeah. sorry, we digress, but I just think it was funny because I, I feel... I feel Carla's, you know. Yes, when she left over that bar, I'd have done that too. Right. I never, I never witnessed a guy backhand a girl and knock her to the floor. Oh, dude, that'd be crazy. Because I think I would have flung my body over the bar and been like, I definitely had to protect women a lot. Like, if I, if they went to the bathroom, I'd take bring their glass closer Mm -hmm. if I didn't like the dude next to them. Yeah. You know, because people get roofied and shit. I would also agree to like take the drink for her yeah. and keep it behind the bars. But you got to be careful out there, people. So the moral of the stories that Vanya and I just shared is like men. I know. Could you just stop sucking yeah. so bad I at know. life, especially in regards to your treatment of women? Yeah, and um, that really applies to Dick Scott. That's Smith. true. That's true. So the last thing Richard Scott Smith was. Yeah. Dick Scott Smith. The last thing we see is him. He was seen leaving Kansas City in a U-Haul, right? Mm -hmm. And Carla's like, it's a waiting game until he screws up because they can't find him. And the blog is going nuts. Yeah, the blog is going nuts. So now she gets this, um, where is it? Was it a video? Yeah. Someone sends a video about this new crab restaurant opening up in Wichita called Crab Kings. They heard about it on the radio, and it said that Mickey Smith, which was the name he was going by in Kansas City, Mm. was Mm. a partner in the company. So she's watching the video, and she's watching the video, and she's making a lot of great jokes. Like, my favorite I wrote down was, how the fuck do you go from apartments to crab cakes? Yeah. (laughs) And then Avrin wrote, no one should be eating seafood in Wichita, Kansas. (laughs) 
Trust me. Um, but basically, she finds this video, and I believe she can. You can kind of see him yeah. in the video. Yeah. But you could definitely see Miss Carla with a K. That's right. Miss Carla with a K was there. And so now we go back to Jim. Carla Wait, with a K's she's husband. Carla with a C says that prick. He's been in Wichita this whole time. Fucking crab, really? Yeah, I love <laughs> oh, her so sorry. much. Watch the watch it just for her. I know. So now we are with Jim. Oh, Jim. Carla with a K's husband, who she stole all of his money Breaks and my just heart. took off on him. Yeah. And he's driving to Wichita to find her, and he starts talking about the Bible, and he says Matthew twenty four twenty four. In the end of days, family will turn against family, husband against wife, and that's what's happening now. And in my head, I'm like. Oh God! Yeah, are we? Are they like gonna let this man do something horrible, and <laughs> he's gonna end up in jail, and someone's gonna end up hurt? Yeah. And then um, Jim gets an anonymous call, which I feel like this anonymous call he keeps referring to must be Carla. Yeah, maybe. But he gets an anonymous call that says Dick Scott Smith and your wife are in Wichita. They bought a crab kings. That's crab spelled with a K. King was already spelled with a K, but and kings with a Z. Yeah. And then I wrote down, do you think Carla wanted to change the C in Crab to K? Because she's Carla with a K. Maybe. Crab Kings. And he sends him a video link of Carla being like, hey, y'all, we're so excited at Crab Kings now. You can buy gift cards. And yeah. he just loses his shit. He's like, she ran out. He thought there might be someone else, but he didn't know for sure. Oh. And now he's got this info. And so his wife basically robbed him blind to go open up a seafood restaurant in Wichita with some guy named Dick Scott Smith. And he's like, I'm coming for that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill that guy. And then they show him like cocking his handgun in the car. So there's like some really good, they do some good setting up for, yeah. for things that aren't going to happen, luckily. But didn't he say he still wants his wife back? Well, he said that basically he was losing his mind. I, I look, I wrote, caught to Jim cocking a handgun in his car. Ooh, Lord. <laughs> um, his friends are like, no, man, all that's going to do is you're going to end up in jail. And he finally like, was able to calm down and agreed they're right but then he says but i still want my wife back yes and then i was like sad feels i, I kind of like what i write sometimes yeah. i watched this a few days ago so this is not <laughs> super fresh <laughs> notes like i'm rediscovering them I love it. and then there's another creepy dick scott smith voiceover where he's bragging about his business skills oh he's, yeah he's a He's got a strong personality. He's a leader, but most importantly, he has a desire to fucking win. And that's how we got the nickname Richie Rich, Big Daddy, Big Money. I'm like, what? And I was like, and who? And who was he? Who were you this? talking yeah. to? And then he said, "What kind of a picture am I painting for you? What kind of a picture?" And I was like, "I don't understand." Yeah. But also, I hate you, Dick Scott Smith. Oh, I said what we, I don't know what, what the picture you're painting is that you're a douchebag. That's for sure yeah. true. That's for sure true. And now the blog gals, Rachel of the blog girls. Well, I think Rachel's actually, it's Rachel and Heidi that made the oh. show. I got very confused too. There was several, not several, but there was at least two moments where I was like fully thinking something else was happening than what was happening. Okay, yeah. And one was that Rachel was the name of a lady and then I, I realized she eventually says, I'm producing this documentary. I see, I so see. Heidi, if we ever say Heidi or Rachel, those are the two women that made this docuseries, right. but they're clearly actively involved in also trying to help find him. Yeah, so they're like citizen detectiving. So they call Carla and because they, they want to go to Wichita, right? They mm-hmm. want to find this man and give him what he should, what he deserves. She said she can't go because it's out of her jurisdiction. But she knows she, a guy. She knows a guy, right? <laughs> and the guy stakes up, he... What was his name? It was like it was like Gene or something like yeah. that. I just said private investigator. Yeah. 
Wichita private investigator stakes out crab crab kings. kings for days. Yeah, and sees Carla, but not Dick. Yeah, and then so yeah, he sees lots of Carla, for Derek, and she for days. is for and she seems like a little bit stressed out. Yeah. She's like always pacing around her car outside in the parking lot. Yeah. And then finally, though, um, the private investigator does see yeah. Dick Scott Smith, and he's like, "Okay, this is the one." This is the location. Then there's a phone call. And then someone answers, Crab Kings. And I believe it's Rachel. And she says, is Mickey Smith working? And the employee says, please hold. And then a man comes on the line. And I thought to myself, was that I think him? it was him. Yeah. A man comes on the line and says, I can't give you any info about a former employee. He did work here, but not anymore. So I can't tell you anything. And then Rachel's like, but he was working there yesterday. And he's like, nothing I can tell you. Click. And I was like, that was totally him. It was totally him because then he fucking disappears. Right. So Rachel then calls somehow. I don't, they don't explain how she gets Samantha, the Crab yeah. King's employee's phone number. But she calls a woman named Samantha who works at Crab King's and says, do you know Mickey Smith? And Samantha's like, definitely. He's the one who hired me. But one day he disappeared and never came back. And a lot of shit has happened that you guys don't know about. And I was like, ooh. I know. She was funny. She says, you know, I got. I just wanted a good job. She was like really excited to work there. She was there. mostly excited about the seafood. Yeah, she's like, I wanted to do, all I want to do is get a good job and eat all the seafood yeah. I can. <laughs> she said that she was going to, she would love to meet up and fill them all in. So now she's brought on camera. And the first thing she says is that Wichita needed this crab case. Yeah. Which I just, again, I'm going to state, like, if you want good seafood, you are going to have to travel outside of yeah, Wichita. It's really. just the Midwest. Like, there's no yeah. way to get it fresh in any way. I mean, well, they way. can freeze, Of course you know. they can, but I'm just saying. Yeah, for sure. Samantha, but it looks like they I want to, like, did. fly you out to California yeah. <laughs> or Maine and have you have some good seafood. Oh, God, you guys. But she got hired there. Um, she was excited. She said when she met um, who she thought was Mickey, Dick Scott Smith, he seemed like a, a real pro, like real restaurant yeah. entrepreneur. Right, right. Um, and he seemed cool. But yeah. Carla seemed, I don't know, she thought she was like a little bit weird, but then learned that they were like lovers and co-owners. And so she was like, oh, okay, it's like the boss's wife. Like, yeah, maybe that's why the vibe is weird. And then I wrote, now Carla with a K is fucking being interviewed on camera, I, you guys. That's what I said. <laughs> Carla is on my TV. That's what I wrote. She's on my TV. Hold on. There's a story here. She said she loved her husband so much that he... Oh, this was so sad. This They, again, so, this is like the new Bob and gay, but not at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not the same. Tr- but it just like tremendous. they gave me the heart, the heartache. So you see pictures of Carla and... J- what was his name? Jim? Jim. Jim. When they're young. When they were young and they're they're really cute. They're both really cute. And she said she loved him so much and just was obsessed with him. But he would never really return. He wasn't the love. He was I mean, he loved her, but the he, affection. Was, he, he was, was never, never affectionate. Affectionate. That would be hard. Yeah. And she said that she like asked him to. Yeah. Like she asked for what she needed and he said he didn't want to be. And I was like, well, Jim, you fucked up. Though. Yeah, I think so too because people need, especially, I couldn't be with somebody who didn't want to like even hug me or yeah, something, you or know? like say romantic things I just, to me. Just say you love me and that you're happy. And give, like let me like spoon you at night sometimes. Exactly. Before we go to bed, not during. Yeah, exactly. Don't touch me. So she says, <laughs> so she says that, um, you know, she was sad all the time. So she loved uh, her husband, but she was sad all the time. And then she started singing karaoke. And then Dick Scott Smith happened. And she happened to know all about Dick Scott Smith and the blog. He told her about it. He said, it's a witch hunt. 
You know who else likes to say things are witch hunts? All douchebags. Yep. I don't need That's to keep true. making it political. Mm. All douchebags yep. claim anytime anyone says anything bad about them or it's says they're crooks, hunt. it's a witch hunt. That's a red flag, ladies. Yeah. Red flag. So, and her assumption is, well, if these women really had something on him, he would be in jail. He wouldn't be here talking to me. Good God, And people. having this relationship with me. So karaoke, she meets him. He convinces her it's a witch hunt. And with Dick Scott Smith, it's Carla all day long like he loves right. her he's a fat he's i mean it's all you know it is what it is but he's like very affectionate very yeah. verbally like a firm a lot of affirmation there he took her around they met, met people yeah. did lots of fun things she said she, she said i'm not gonna lie I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And then he tells her that they should open a seafood restaurant in Wichita because they're desperate for one. The only competition is Red Lobster. That's for a reason. <laughs> um, and Carla then says, you know, everyone has dreams. And this, I feel bad because I'm going to sound like I'm making fun of her. Yeah. And I am a little because I'm a terrible shithead of a person. <laughs> but I also know that everyone does have dreams and they don't deserve to be mocked. But she said she went to New York and she yeah. fell in love with Bubba Gumps. And then I was like, blue ribbon. Like, let me take you to New York, Carla, and show you. Anyway, she fell in love with Bubba Gumps in Times Square. And it's fun. I get it. There's like, you know, the energy's fun in there. I mean, it's like, Times Square yeah. is packed. So the first time she walked into Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, if you don't know what Bubba Gump is, um, her mouth dropped. The smell, the look, the buttery taste. And she in that moment started to have a dream of Sunday opening up her own seafood restaurant. Yeah. So then she said uh, Dick Scott Smith started like applying for credit cards. On business, her, under her name. Under her name, but like right in front of her, but without really asking. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm applying for business credit cards. And she was a little bit mad. Like, you can't fucking get credit yeah. cards right But she was also excited because she was like, what if I can get a business loan and yeah. a business line of credit? And um, can really open my dream restaurant she must have been on the edge of her whole life a little she was, bit. i think she was just she was Unhappy. ripe for the picking yeah and that's what this man knows how to do but she also like had a dream you yeah. know and he exploited that exactly but then we cut to crab kings and you guys it is popping yeah business oh is <laughs> booming i mean it was like lines out the door yeah yeah so wichita really did need the seafood restaurant so my apologies keep it up crab kings i'm sure it's delicious oh i'm God. sure is it it's still there delicious. you look that up Oh, my God. Well, I tell the folks what Samantha started to notice Ooh. while working there. Oh, Samantha. Yes. Samantha's Samantha, a funny one. Yeah, I think she's, she's the funny hilarious. one that like, really just wanted to work there for all the free seafood. Yeah, I love her. And I appreciate that. It's closed. We like to work at bars for all the free booze. Oh, it is closed forever? Let's see. Well, it's also COVID, though. It might be, yeah, for yeah. COVID. Let's Not that here. I think Kansas did reopen stuff. But anyway, so Samantha started to notice a couple of weird things about Dick Scott Smith. Like he never wanted to be in any of the photos or promotional videos or being taken to promote Crab Kings. And he was like the owner. So she thought it was weird that he kept dodging being in the photos and any video footage. And then we are immediately... Oh my God, you guys, I'm so sorry. No, I don't mean me. to interrupt, but I'm looking at Crab King's uh, seafood. Um, it yeah. is open. It's not It's not closed. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the Yelp reviews and they are amazing. Are they well, they're just people watching the, people oh, who watch the show. Okay. And they're like, I'm only here because I'm currently watching Love Fraud on Amazon. You people still have that one dude keep stealing women's money, hopes and dreams mm-hmm. as partner? Question mark. 
I'm like, come on, people. But how's the crab? The owner ran off with her husband for 39 years with some scumbag con oh, man no. and opened this restaurant. Then he cleaned out the bank account. Oh, well, well I guess. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. All right, so but anyway. Actually, look. Look at the picture. It looks good. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was good. I'm just Way joking. Go, I just don't believe that the Midwest will ever be able to truly give anyone the seafood experience that oh, anyone who really wants one deserves. I hear you. I hear you. So. Wait, are we at Tammy yet? We're are we just still? now meeting Oh Tammy my God, you guys. Tammy. Holy so shit. So Tammy's another Crab Kings employee. Yeah. And the first thing that she says is that he had charisma. Yep. And he, when she got hired, he says, we're all family here. Mm-hmm. And I love though her, the first shot of her is like, she looks like somebody just did something really horrible in front of her and she didn't see it coming. So she's got this kind of like surprised, horrified expression. Yeah. Is and so sh- at first I was like, what the hell is happening? Like, well, she has like the white all over. We know when you can see the white all the yes. way around people's eyes. Yes. And I mean, she just looks, but she doesn't look like that the whole time. It's just that first shot yeah. where she looked, I remember being like, oh, what just happened? <laughs> um, so anyway, he was charismatic and we're all family here. And as anyone who's ever worked in the restaurant industry, that actually does become kind of true. So mm-hmm. one night, Dick Scott Smith, Tammy and other Crab Kings employees all go out to the club and Tammy was teasing him about his wife, Carla, and he freaked out. And he was like, no, 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 no. She's a freak and she doesn't get it. I am not into her. She has this whole like idea that we're going to be together, but I we're not. He's the worst. Guys. Just an asshole. So then Carla says that on the day of the opening, the grand opening of her dream restaurant, Crab Kings, Mickey shows up with a bouquet of flowers and she thought they were for her. But wrong. They were for Tammy. So like right in fucking front of Carla with a K. Yeah. He. He's a piece of shit. Dumps her ass and starts dating Tammy. Without really talking to anyone about it. At that point, she should have taken him off the lease and everything. Like She should have murdered him. I'm just kidding. kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, So now Tammy and Dick Scott Smith are an item. But they've only been dating for like three days. Also, how close to in real time this was being filmed becomes very clear right here. Because Tammy is basically saying like they dated for three days. And in that time period... He told her he loved her numerous times. They went out for sushi. So apparently really into seafood in Wichita, these yeah. people are. Um, and he <laughs> tells her he loves her all the time. Three, day, three days. That's three it. days. But she said it was just creepy. But she it found was it odd. creepy and odd. Yeah. And she has a lot of texts. Like she's like text message, text, 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 text. <laughs> um, and uh, also a lot of voicemails that she will play for us throughout the episode. But it's just him basically being like, I love you so much. You're my everything. Baby, please call me. Baby, where are you? I need you. I love you. I mean, three days. And I love dating. her face while she's like holding yeah, the, she's like, the phone up. She's like, right? Like, what creepy. the fuck? This, this is, is weird. weird. And it is weird. You know, yeah. they went out only a couple days. Give me a break. I know. And then he just disappeared. So three days, desperately in love with her, but then gone. And then Samantha, we cut back to Samantha, the other Crab Kings employee. And she's like, and just like that, he was gone. And what happened next? Paychecks come in and they bounce. Every single employee's paycheck bounced. So sad. Dick Scott Smith had drained the entire Crab Kings bank account. So Carla is like desperately running around trying to get his name off of the bank accounts, off of the business loans, off of the credit cards, off of the lease for the the restaurant itself. And at first, Samantha said she felt really bad for Carla with a K because she was getting scammed by Dick Scott Smith. But then she found out about how Carla had stolen 
her husband's 401k and that that was the money that she had used to open up Crab Kings. And she starts to suspect that Carla with a K might be in on this scam with Dick (laughs) Scott Smith. And she and Samantha said, and I quote, I just got scammed by the elderly Bonnie and Clyde. I laughed. Which I laughed at too. And then Carla with a K is now back on our screens and she said she is not part of the scam. But... Uh, um, she swears like you have they have to trust me clearly per the Yelp reviews I'm thinking maybe they didn't but um, (laughs) her whole experience with Dick Scott Smith was kind of bittersweet because for a show for a short moment he helped her realize her dreams and then he took it all the way and then I wrote this guy sucks so freaking hard I hate him I hate him I hate him he calls Tammy and leaves a message two days before they shot the documentary Yep, which was left only a week and a half ago, is what she says. Yeah, and she's like, I have no idea where he is. And then she actually says... But she has his current number. She's afraid, yes. So that's like the big thing. So she's playing voicemails, and they're they're like, so he's still calling you? Because we try to call him. It says the line's been disconnected. And she's like, oh, well, what number are you using? And she's like, are you using the 551? And they're like, no. What's that one? And then she's a little bit funny, like, you guys aren't actually working for him right and gonna kill me if i give you this phone number because now i you know i think maybe i should be scared of everything and everyone so she reluctantly and nervously gives heidi and rachel the director producers the new number and tells him that the last time she talked to him he wanted her to pick her up because he says he was like walking on the side of the road crying and it's all his car because he has nothing um and she's like no because you're fucking crazy Mm -hmm. and now she doesn't know where he is now my, I was got, I got excited because I'm like, you just see the sign karaoke. Yeah. And and it's been a karaoke dreamland over here for that, us lately that's too. True. So it was definitely. Uh, we've been singing a lot of karaoke. I just got a karaoke set up for my house, and it really does bring me joy. I bring it. I sing a couple songs every day. Yeah. And the kids too. Calvin, my little one, he's like no karaoke because he can't really read, but he's really cute. Yeah. So and quite a little voice on he both your kids. Does, yeah. But okay, so guys. Carla, Carla with a K comes up to sing, and oh, be- all I could before think... Before you do that, though. Yeah. We start with Ice Ice Baby. Oh, yeah. And on the screen, because when I watch these, I watch with the oh, captions yeah. on, because uh-huh. I like to write quotes down. I want to make sure I'm actually writing them, oh, yeah. not just like how I'm processing. And so above the singing voice of like, Ice Ice Baby, it's a Scott. And so my brain is like... Right. Oh, yeah. They found him. He's doing karaoke. Oh, and now we're about to see... Dick Scott Smith singing Ice Ice Baby. And then they cut to the guy who's singing. And at first I'm like, that's not him. Because he had like those big, um, what are those called? The earrings that... Oh yeah, the gauge Gauges. But also could be him. It's like the right age, the right size and build. So I'm watching this whole thing thinking that this is Dick (laughs) Scott Smith singing Ice Ice Baby. (laughs) And then he's like, now everybody, let's bring up Carla. And they flash to Carla. And I'm like... They are Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, my God. She totally is in on it. And so I'm misreading this entire thing. Oh, funny. (laughs) So then Carla comes up. Now go. Okay, well. Just so you know where Avern is when this starts. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, so it it wasn't him, though, right? Like, yeah. Which, that's why this is all... That's Crossed so out. funny. Yeah. yeah, no, because I could see he had like he had like a ginger beard, you know. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It was obviously <laughs> not him, but it said Scott on the um on this on the, clo- the, the yeah the ca- closed caption. Yeah. And oh so my I was god, like, it's him. That's funny. That's a good. That's mm-hmm, a good um, mm-hmm. blind alley. So so yeah. So then Carly comes up to sing, and all I could say is, Oh my god, I hope she's good. I hope she's good. I hope she's good. She's not good. 
No, it's like she starts to sing Nights in White Satin. And she's but like, she's passionate. She's passionate. And Nights in White Satin. Yes. But that's what karaoke is all about. It's true. Fun it, and passion. It's true, and I agree. Um, but she's singing to... To someone. Guess what? And the, the camera pans over. What's fucking Jim, you guys? It's Jim. He and found she's like, because I love you. Yes, I love you. And then she went out on me, he said, but you're supposed to be able to forgive and then in my and mind, they're like slow dancing together. I so know. he's being affectionate. He's cheering yeah. her on while she's doing her passion, which is karaoke. He did kind of look like he was crying into his yeah. soup, but I but all, I wrote rum crying. Yes, rum. It's my crime. favorite kind because it's a happy ending. Sort um, of. but yeah, so they they just decided to give their marriage a second go. I'm happy about that, and I'm happy about Although, that too. What about the money? I mean, no, what the hell? Just, I think that's just also, gone. how did she? Drain his 401k. Like, I couldn't go into my husband's 401k and be like, yeah, I need all the money out of there. I mean, I don't actually know anything maybe, about 401k. Maybe Dick Scott showed her how to do I'm it. I'm sure Because he he's a thief. Yeah. But um, anyway, so that's our happy ending. Mm-hmm. But that's not the end of our episode. No. Not even close. Well, maybe kind of close. So now we go back to Carla's office. Yeah. And I said, this is what I wrote. She is working on a kind of paint by numbers, but it's with beads. So maybe a mosaic by numbers. Sure. Yeah. But I love But she those. likes to do this when she's stressed out because that way she doesn't kill anyone. <laughs> That's I, what she said. I totally remember. I have the sticker by numbers. Oh yes, I mean I love a good yeah paint by fun. numbers, yeah. and I liked that sticker by numbers. Yeah. I just yeah. it took me a second. <laughs> I was like, what is she doing? Yeah, she's like placing she's like tiny beads, beads. On, and they're huge. Pictures. And the end result was really cool. Yeah. So Carla, anybody's looking for a new I wrote, project, Carla likes crafts, guys. And that's Carla with a C and crafts with a C. Yep. <laughs> And so now we're talking to Carla, and she's saying, you know, there's nothing left for Dick Scott Smith in Kansas City, so he's on the run from the law because he's skating on his probation. Mm-hmm. He's looking for a new place to call home, so he goes to Wichita. Then he runs off with just a few grand and moves on again. So that's not a lot of money. She basically is like, it doesn't make any sense. This is not, he is not a big money con man. He is a nickel and dime con man. Yeah. He gets just enough to feed his habits like motorcycles and sports cars and houses but those sound pretty extravagant to me but yeah me too um, also how many do you need right but she says that to her it seems like this isn't really about making a, a shit ton of money because he was he didn't stay in wichita long enough yeah. for there to be a lot of money to take and mm. like just a few thousand dollars is all he got wow and so she has decided that she thinks that this is more of a game Hmm. than a way to make money. Now, that also kind of sounds like what Gary was saying, his high school cat-loving friend, who said that he wanted to see how many women he could date at the same time and not Mm -hmm. get caught. Good connection. Um, And I circled this again because she just said, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why destroy all of these women's lives? Yeah. Or you ruin their lives. You take, you ruin their credit, you sink all of their money into something that's just going to end up getting like, Repoed or repoed, um, and you walk away with just enough to like buy yourself a new sports car, but you it doesn't make any sense unless you're just a fucking psychopath. I like that she says it just makes you wonder what the fuck, yeah, Carla, and then what the fuck is right because we're gonna cut to a really awesomely creepy animation of a little boy. This is really cool. With a voiceover of Dick Scott Smith talking to someone again. I'm so curious what. Where like, they got the I mean, messages? Are we gonna get like an interview with him at the end oh of this whole docuseries? God. I don't know because these also feel like these could be voicemails left, but That's they're just his voice. So, talking about how cruel his mother was, and she told him he was stupid and worthless, and um, 
he decided after that he never wanted to be treated that way ever, ever mm. again. And then I wrote down, is this the truth? Did mommy make him a sociopath, psychopath, et cetera? <laughs> well, and according was, to his maybe, aunt. Maybe I was on to something. Yeah, yeah. According to his aunt, when he was a child, he did know right from wrong because Scott lived with his grandparents till almost nine because there was abuse going on from his mother. Um, so that would, again, suggest that what he was saying about his mom was true. Yeah. Maybe a truth. So here's the story why his mom was, this is like a potential reason why she was messed up is apparently her mom and her grandmother both committed suicide together. They lit the house on fire and it fucked Richard's mom up big time. Yeah. So, or Dick, whatever you want to call him. When Scott turned nine, his mother ran off with him. Yeah. He visited her for Christmas and she just took him him and disappeared. It's kind of, I don't know. And she, and then his aunt Katie says, and who knows what she could have done to him because she was not sound. Mm. Is how she describes yeah. her. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. She's not sound. Not sound at all. And so that's so sad because yeah. now, again, I still don't like this guy. I think he is the penultimate douchebag. Right. But when you learn, mothers don't fuck up your sons yeah. so bad if you can help it. Um, But like, obviously his mom had, serious issues brought on by the fact that her mom had serious issues because her mom's mom had serious yeah, you know like wow. it sounds like there was a, a series of a pattern of abuse and maybe mental illness yeah. as well over, like running through this family and so really who knows what she did to him and it might have been truly horrific mm-hmm. or she might have just taught him how to disappear you know and could be stay off the radar we don't know let's hope we don't for know the yet. best i guess in that regard um but then we cut to a phone ringing again mm-hmm. and it's Rachel and the phone call is from Jim Carla with a case husband Jim oh, okay. who says hey I have some new information um I saw it on the blog we're thinking that Dick Scott Smith is still in Wichita and has a new girlfriend and apparently he's buying a big old house in Belize and he and the new girl are leaving on the 24th That's crazy. and then we cut to a tropical like roadside ocean and the song, if you like pina coladas, <laughs> getting caught in the rain. And then, do, 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 the number you have dialed is no longer in service. So the new number that Tammy had yeah. given them that was working as recently as a few days before they were shoot, like doing that interview, has now been disconnected. And Dick Scott Smith is planning on leaving the country. Maybe with a new girl. I'm like, get the fucking police and ping that cell phone. I mean, can you ping a disconnected number? No, but before, right when oh, they found yes, out. I know. Like, right as soon as they got the number. I know. And so then we cut back to, if you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. Yeah. If you're not into yoga. But I do like yoga. If you have half a brain. I have a big brain. If you like making love at midnight. Just kidding. I, mean, I like that the morning more, but that's fine. Yeah. yeah. That would be fun. That's a good karaoke song. Yeah, and that's where our episode leaves us. Yes. Patreon members. Yes. Hi. How is everybody doing? We're coming at you today with episode episode three of Love Fraud, which this is one for me, Vaughn. I don't know if you feel this way. It's building. Oh, yeah. Beautifully. And and to what? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know either, but I think that this is good 
filmmaking. Yeah, it really is. This is really good filmmaking. It's exciting. It makes you feel like you're there. You're in on the like moment to moment in real time action. Yep. You know what's funny is I was calling this love hard. I don't know why. <laughs> it could be called love hard. Like love die hard. makes more sense. But that's really funny. <laughs> love hard. Um, so we start this episode off with little Ellen. Mm-hmm. Ellen with like the um, Nancy Grace haircut. Yes. Yes. And she is uh, basically listening again to, God, this guy likes the voicemail. Yeah. Um, but he's basically like, I love you. Let's move to Belize together. All, I found, you know, these beautiful houses. Life down there is paradise. In fact, while we're listening to this, they're actually showing beautiful Belize. And damn, it does look it nice. Does. It does look really nice. I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to put that we on my list. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Apparently, English is the language there. So. Yeah. And you also can't be extradited there. So we Yeah, we learned that in this safe, episode. Which is so funny because Ellen is like hilarious. She's like... Yeah, we were just talking about, you know, Belize and all these things. And he just right out of the blue said, and you can't be extradited there. And I thought that was weird. Yeah. I love her so much. She's so great. So, yeah. So her big story, which we heard a little bit about in the first episode, was yeah. they moved in together after three weeks. And then just a couple weeks after that, he took her out to the Yaya Club. That's and right. was like, I think now is as good a time as any. And so this kind of just added to that. So I guess what he said was for us to get married and move to Belize, he bought or he found a house for them to buy. Yeah. She said he bought like two sea six life jackets and a four-wheeler because that's the only way you can travel in Belize. Yeah. Um, and the extradition thing made her think, huh. Yeah, that was weird. Yep. That but was I, weird. Yeah, I think it's funny. She's like... I'm I'm a free spirit, but so I'm a free spirit. So I thought, okay, you know, yeah, let's go have fun. I'm like let's you have an are adventure. a free spirit, because if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, uh, no. I'm I mean, like, it's a little fast. It's like, a little. Let's fast. get to know each other a little bit but better. Again, like we were talking about earlier, he knows he like has his mark. He knows the yep. kind of gal, mm-hmm. he's and he knows targeting. He knows exactly how to kind of speed up. I guess maybe that dopamine process of like finding your person yeah. and being like, oh, I'm fully in love right he now. He says, I love you. I love you. I yeah. love you. I love you. I love you. So anyways, the next thing was actually really sad. Yeah. So we immediately cut from Ellen being like that extradition thing was weird. Yeah. To a woman we haven't met before named Sandy, yeah. who is uh, watching a cell phone video of Dick Scott Smith and herself yeah. who had, uh, Dick Scott Smith had kind of hustled them into like a presidential up suite upgrade when they went on a trip together and they're just having a ball being yeah. like, this is the biggest, fanciest hotel room ever. Yeah. And then she says, you know, at first it was wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful. And then after we got engaged, he became a totally different person. So yeah. without seeing the blog, without anything, this right. person that he had become, she was like, no, thank you. And yeah. she told him she was leaving him. And that is when Dick Scott Smith actually became violent. This is our first time hearing about violence, physical violence. Um, He grabbed her. He pinned her down to the bed. And he he beat her up with With an iPad. And I'm assuming his fists based on the photos that she showed. So fortunately. And she said that she was uh like screaming, you're going to kill me. Yeah. Stop, you're going to kill me. So fortunately that evening, the police did arrive and arrest him and take him away. Yeah, they took him to jail for domestic abuse. Yep. That's right. And, um. He calls Gene. Guess who's Gene? Guess who Gene is, guys? Yeah. Bet you can't guess. 
Gene's wife. That's right. So basically, <laughs> it's like, she, she tries to leave her fiance. She is then physically assaulted. And in the same evening, discovers that uh, her fiance is actually already married. And one of the things that I found really, really frustrating during this whole sequence, other than the fact that this guy is just the fucking worst human being on the planet, yeah. is that we are hearing a voicemail that he left her about like, this isn't fair. You need to like call me back. All when every time I call, you just hang up on me. And then he says, "I do not deserve this. I deserve a second chance." Yeah. Bullshit. 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 Just You're like a monster. typical person who yeah, you know tip- manipulates and abuses women. Yeah. And then um, before we officially cut to Jean to hear her kind of side of the story, we actually are in a courtroom where um, Dick Scott Smith fails to show up to the hearing in regards to this assault and um sandy's lawyer is like this judge is a badass lady and she doesn't like these oh, motherfuckers yeah. she so she's like hammer down yeah. she's like i'm gonna ask for nationwide warrant which means that no matter where he is in the country if the, someone like runs his plates or his phone number or his life driver's license yeah, they'll know that anyway. he is wanted for domestic abuse and she's like and we'll set a ridiculously high bond Perfect. so also like high price on the head for all those badass bail bondsman's out there like Carla. Yes. Um, so and, so we assume that happened, right? Because they didn't really yeah, say they that didn't happened, actually say if it worked but out, but I'm assuming that'd be great. That, that is what happened. Yeah. So now we cut to Jean, who says that the night he was arrested, her husband, Dick Scott Smith, called her up and was like, I was jumped, but for some reason they're blaming the whole thing on me. They've arrested me. You need to come down here and bail me out. And so then she's there and they're explaining to her that he's been charged with domestic abuse. And she's like, well, that could really work because I'm his wife and I'm fine. He didn't hurt me. And that is oh, when... Oh, my friend, little do you yes, know. Yes, little do you know he has been hurting you. Um, and that is when Sandy finds Jean and tells her what happened. Yeah. And that leads Jean to the blog where yes. she has... I mean, it's all kind of happening. I think if it's not in exact real time, it's fresh. It this feels isn't like happening. It. This isn't women that this happened to years ago. Mm-hmm. And so Jean discovers that she is just one of many yeah. victims of this monster known as Dick Scott. Smith. All I can think is like the fear of be of like lose like having low knowing that you're being conned and having no money it's just the idea of like finding that all out is so fucking terrifying it's like you're living a complete lie and someone you don't know it yeah Yeah. a lie that somebody else has created and its whole goal is to rob you of everything you have and like and also like destroy you emotionally exactly and you're being when someone's being vulnerable it's like how could you ever love again or trust again yeah how could you i don't know how poor ladies poor ladies ever could well i can't wait for the next episode because hopefully maybe they come out on top of my good i'm so good so now now we're cutting to Carla, the bounty hunter's office, the bail bonds office, where yeah. a group of of these women are gathered and they're kind of sharing their experiences. Ellen is talking about like the Belize thing. One woman's like, oh, yeah, it was Guatemala when it yeah. was with me. And they're like, this guy sucks so hard. Yeah. Um, you Carla just see the looks on their faces when they're talking. And they're People all, are so bruised and they're battered and bruised and, and shamed and and angry and and i'm angry too and so (laughs) um carla is silent we never actually hear carla the bounty hunter speak in this episode but she is wearing a fabulous shirt that says um did i or 
did I ask for your opinion? Question mark, question mark. I didn't think so or something like that. Um, (laughs) She is the best. Yes. And so in this room of women kind of talking about their experiences, Ellen says that after she had found the blog and she confronted Dick Scott Smith about it, he was like, I would like you to call this woman named Lee because she will vouch for me, basically. Mm -hmm. So she calls Lee. And Lee has nothing but nice things to say about him. She says that, you know, they were engaged and she's she thinks he's a wonderful man and that, you know, this whole thing must be a misunderstanding. So Ellen is convinced that somehow Lee is still involved actively That's with right. Dick Scott Smith. That's right. She says she got money and she liked him. Yeah. So, so I think he is still messing around with mm-hmm. this Lee woman. And then we cut to Jean who is at home reading the blog, scrolling through comments. Right. It turns out yes. the whole, like, he was moving to Belize, we're drinking pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. Yeah. End of last uh, week's episode was bullshit. Completely. Like, a, meant to be maybe a diversion. And then she notices a comment on the blog mm-hmm. from Lee. And it says... It says, ladies, let it go, ladies. Stop the witch hunt. And Jean is like... Okay, I'm going to call this lady. Now, how everybody gets everyone's phone numbers, I don't well, really I, know. Yeah, I know. It's like an older generation where people, maybe they still look in the phone book. Right, I don't or know. like they have their numbers on their Facebook profile pages or something. Maybe, you never know. But so... Good point, though. Jean kind of says before she makes the call that she doesn't know what to make of Lee. She knows that several of the women have spoken to her and that she seems to still really love him, even though clearly they were engaged and it didn't work out and he left yeah. her. Um, and Gina's kind of convinced that Lee must know something and something's going on. Yeah. So she just calls her up. That's right. And Jean talks, or Lee talks to her. This is the crazy thing. Why the fuck? I wouldn't talk to anybody, anything about anybody, but that's why these characters are so yeah. amazing because it's real like t- Tiger King characters where people just want to share their, they do. their shit. And they answer the phone they answer, when they don't know the number, when they're like, hi, may I speak with I would Lee? never do that. They're like speaking where I'd be like, who this? Yeah, exactly. Who is this? I'd be like, first you leave a message, then you tell me, and then I'll decide if, if I'm going to call, call you, back you back if I don't you know, yes. know the number. So they, but those. Lee answers the phone. Yeah. Jean says that she is calling about um, Rick, is who Jean knew him as. Yeah. And then Lee's like, oh, you mean Scott? I, so I'm going to keep calling him Dick. Yeah. Um, so she's like, oh, right. I forgot. You knew that um, you knew him as Scott. I knew him as Rick. Um, do you know where he is? And she says, I don't know where he is. I rarely keep in touch with him. And then we cut to Jean, who like, takes a ginormous gulp of her red wine and yeah. then she's like okay like just kind of waiting to see if this woman will continue and lee then says um they do still speak but it's been a while and she does not know where he is li- living and then jean's like well okay how often do you actually get to talk to him because at first she's like i rarely speak to i him. know it was like just a funny like and then and then lee says i haven't seen him but we talk like four times a week and Jean- yeah that's like she, a little more than I don't, I rarely talk to him. Yeah. Four, four times. times a week you speak. So, and then Lee says, but just because I talk to somebody doesn't mean I'm harboring a fugitive. Okay. And, the, and all of this is, we're just hearing Lee's voice, but we're seeing Jean's face. And yeah. she's like, she's making amazing facial expressions yeah. of like, I never said you were harboring him. Um, and I wrote out, what the fuck reads Jean's face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so Jean then asks, so he's not in Knoxville? And then Lee says, Oh, no, but I'm not going to rat him out. <laughs> but um, 
no, I don't know where he is, but he's been in my life for 10 years, so I'm not going to help you. Slash, I think you just gave away some stuff lately by being like, no, he's not. I'm not ratting him out, you know? And they're recording all these conversations, too. Yeah, all of these are recorded. And now Gene is positive that Lee knows exactly where Dick Scott Smith is. So now we go to Knoxville. That's right. New, We got two new PIs working the case, Stephen yeah. and Jason. Stephen and Jason were hired by the filmmakers to mm-hmm. look for Dick Scott Smith. So they start, logically, by following Lee. Right. And they follow her for like 48 hours. They don't um, see any signs of Dick Scott Smith. So... Just, uh, just you know, just leave. But they also do a background check, and they're re- reading through the background check on Dick, and he's they're like he's got he's had forty eight phone numbers, yeah, 50, ten different social addresses. security numbers. That's right. He just moves like the wind. Mm-hmm. They they think Lee. They do though believe that Lee yeah. will lead him if he is in Knoxville. Yeah. Lee is how they'll find him. So they're going to stick to following her around. So then Heidi and or Rachel, they don't specify. One of the, producers, One of the producer right. filmmakers decides, well, let's just cut the middleman out here, and they call Lee up. Yeah. And they say, they're making a documentary, and do you know where Dick Scott Smith is? And again, she says, I do not know, but I'll say this for him. He wants to be left alone, and there's two sides to every story. Right. But now, we meet Lee. I know. I was like, oh, they're going to interview her. And, oh, guys. And I wrote down, she appears to be very tipsy, if not downright, downright, downright drunk as a skunk and man she's throwing back that chardonnay oh she drank it's like you know when you're drinking and then you lift your other hand up to keep the glass coming it was it was at first i thought it was funny when i watched it and then as the episode goes on i was like oh no this is i i'm i feel really bad that i originally was like let me make a joke about chardonnay we don't know if it's chardonnay it could be be, i I do love shard i love a buttery shard um so lee this was we start off by lee saying so she had gotten divorced and her life was boring. She had basically become a recluse. But once Dick Scott Smith came into her life, they were going out all the time. And she says, and I mean, you guys, I got to dress up again. Yeah. And I wrote down, I hear you, girl. Yeah. We all want to go out and get dressed up again. So part of me is like, I understand why that yeah. was enough for you to be like, I love this man. I was. Did I tell you? This is just a quick side um, segue. I... Not segue, non sequitur, is that was my birthday like last week and I got all dressed up. And you looked gorgeous. Thank you. But I wore like, I did like, I even put spanks on, you know? Yeah. And like had earrings and hair and everything. And I had, we had a reservation for this outdoor place that was in Santa Monica. And from the heat, all the power went out down there. So we had to like do something else. But it was just such a bummer. I was like, why? Why? So many disappointments. But anyways, I know you're like a fun night anyways. Seriously, the power is going to go out. Yeah. Sorry. But anyway, stupid 2020 cutie patootie Lee, which not cute, but kind of sad, sad, cute. Also describes her going out style as um, do you remember Heather Locklear's character on Melrose Place? Because that was her, you guys. She was professional on the top, top, Hooker on the bottom. Her words, not mine, just yeah. so you know. I was I was just like, wow. And then I wrote down, she is definitely drunk. And I wrote, she is pound in the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> so she explains that she had an amicable, amicable breakup with Dick Scott Smith, and yeah. they stayed good friends. And she thinks that the blog is garbage, and she's very hurt and offended by it. That's it's a right. witch hunt. Yeah. She even says like how she knows that he is a good man is the relationship that he had with her family. Her parents loved him. Um, her dad and him still have a relationship, and her dad even says that he's the son-in-law that he wished that he had. And then she continues, they ask her again, Lee, 
do you know where Dick Scott Smith is? Mm. And she swears she doesn't know. Liar! But she's lying, you guys. This is where watching it helps. Like, she is, yeah. she's lying. She's saying no, but I mean, she's like looking away. It's, Her eyes are darting around. Honestly, if an actor played the, played her and did exactly what she did, people yeah. would be like, that's terrible acting. Yeah. That person. It just Because she's such a freaking character. And she's lying. And she's yeah. not very good no. at it. And then now, wait, this is, I'm going to let um, Av take this oh, a little so bit. Oh, so then I say we cut delicious. to Lee fondling her angry fish <laughs> in a tank at her home where we are introduced to Daryl, Lee's current boyfriend. Yeah, and they're talking about how their fish, one of their fish was upset with them. Maybe there was too many snails in the tank or I don't know. And um, she's now kind of pointing out the fish and she's like this one's you we call him Snugglebug." and then she looks at daryl and she says lee says what do we call them and he doesn't say anything and she's like we call them our aqua babies and That's then funny. i wrote again good lord lay off the chardonnay and i, and wrote, I feel she's a super sad alcoholic and i feel bad and but then aqua babies is freaking aqua babies is everything because you know what if you can have a fur baby which I am a self-proclaimed yeah. uh, mother of a fur baby, although I don't refer to him as that. I right. just call him by his name. Um, <laughs> but then someone should be able to own several fish and yeah. call them their aqua babies, and I love it. So then Daryl exits so that Lee can chat with the filmmakers. Yeah, she's on the floor looking at old, old photos. Yeah, and not even old photos of her and Dick Scott Smith. Like no. old photos of herself and her mom. Yeah, we're getting a little backstory. I mean, this is where I'm like, I'm sure they. I'm sure that the filmmakers took, had a lot of footage. Yeah. But the filmmakers were definitely answering a question that was posed of like, how? Why is this woman so fucking drunk? Yeah. So they see we see pictures of her and she was well. She was young. She was really pretty. Yeah, real cute. And her and her mom. She's like, this is a good one of me and my mom. But then she said, my mother was a walking pharmacy and their relationship was drinking. That's like the only relationship that they had. So the only way she could connect with her mother was basically to get wasted with her. And she said that Scott used to say, we can, we're going to get through this together. Because she said, obviously drinking is a problem. Yeah. Friends and her family. And that she still loves him to this day for how he stood by her because he understood what it was like because he went through the exact same thing. He's an asshole. He is ex really good con yeah. man yeah. he finds that thing and he shares it with you and we it's and here's true. this is interesting Vaughn because we watch we actually watched this one together yeah. and we weren't sure because the stories don't track but then again who knows the story's being told by people and then the story's being told by him if there are versions that he told this person then yeah. maybe they aren't real so we don't know what's real and that's right. what's frustrating but we get another one of those creepy animation moments with a little boy and another dick voiceover yeah where he says to whoever it is he's speaking to he never he's never told anyone this but he comes from a broken family his dad was an alcoholic who left his mom and remarried several times so then i wrote down so it runs in the family lots of wives his dad also had a bunch more kids and it felt like he just completely forgot that dick existed Then Dick Scott Smith says, and this is an actual direct quote that I wrote down. One of his wives would give me cream of mushroom soup in a bowl and lock me in my bedroom to eat it. And then she would beat the shit out of me with a belt that left marks. And my dad did nothing to help me. Nothing. His voice is breaking. He's crying. And he just said he desperately wants to be part of a real family. And I just wrote in all caps, lies. Lies. I think. I mean, it's hard for us to be so... uh, 
uh, not sensitive to this. No, moment. I mean I am sensitive really to happened. the child that that happened to if it did in fact happen right. but to the psychopathic man who's right. using it to manipulate someone into feeling like they have a shared common background i'm not sorry for being insensitive right and then you know remember what the aunt said in the first episode where it's like he never was with his dad he was always was with, with his, his mom he was with his grandparents until his yeah. mom kidnapped That's him right. when he was nine is the story that she tells us yep so now we get to meet a new family member tony tony who is dick's sister yeah, I was like, oh, shit. she is 20 years younger than him. Yeah. But they shared a mom. So she is not a sibling from like one of the dad's various no. wives. Like their mom is the parent they have in common. Mm-hmm. And she tells the camera and the filmmakers and us that when she was 12 years old, Dick yeah. and her mom passed away. So she ended up living with her much older. So if she was 12, he would have been 30. Two, if there's a right. 20 year age difference, she goes and lives with Scott after yeah. the death of her mom. And she says it was the scariest time in her life, but Scott was the person that she ju- trusted most in the world. Yeah. And then he starts using her in yeah. his scams. So he's jumping per Tony from woman to woman, telling them that Tony is his daughter and playing on their heartstrings that he's this like struggling single dad who's just trying to take care of his his little girl who lost her mom and needs a new one. Yeah. And she quickly picked up on the fact that he was using her to basically con women. And then at the same time, he starts being really cruel to Tony and telling her she's worthless and trailer trash and how I don't know how mom ever kept you around, which sounds almost exactly like that voiceover from last week on how he described his mother talking to him and how he never wanted anyone to talk to him like that. That's right. So Tony says that he doesn't know where she is and she wants to keep it that way. Right. She doesn't want to live with a monster in her life. Because he also got violent at some point. She doesn't go into details. But she's hiding from her brother. Like she actively does not want him to know where she is. Right. She's she's like, he knows I'm in Texas and that's it. But that's... So right there it shows we've gotten two... two little bits of information that this guy has been violent and that he's cruel and that he's a serious con man, sociopath maybe. And has been doing this... Like forever, like since he was been a grown up, right? With the uh, what was his best friend with the cat? Oh, Gary. Yeah, Gary. Also he was even in high school, that. right? Yeah. yeah. So to see well, they, how many. Well, women. they uh, both quit. They dropped out at, in junior yeah. year, and he said and that was when he became like obsessed with dating as many women at the same time without getting caught. And so it's like, yeah, he just wants to... Just a strange phenomenon. I can't, I'm so fast. I want like someone to do a psychological study on him. But maybe like, they will. a professional. Yeah, maybe they will. So now we meet Katie and Kemi. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this is Dick Scott Smith's aunt. Their aunts. Yeah, we met Katie. That's how we... Oh, yeah, Katie's Katie the one who told us the first story. About the mom. Yeah. About the double suicide and then the kidnapping. Yeah. And again, now we're all very confused. Like, what is real and what isn't real? But... We're back now with Katie and Kemi, who are both his his aunts, and they say that it had been 27 years since they had seen Dick Scott Smith. And three years ago, Katie got a Facebook message from him, and they were ecstatic. Everybody was like, oh my God, we can finally be a family again. And um, Dick Scott Smith, as he do, you know, says all the right things and gets back into the family's life. Um, one of the games that he played was he, you know, 
his aunt Katie, who had never been able to have kids, he kept telling her that she was the closest thing to a mom that he'd ever had. Mm -hmm. And then he took it a step further by any time they would go out to like eat dinner or, you know, be doing anything out and about, he would introduce her as his mother. Like, this is my mother, Katie. Yeah. Even though she was his aunt. And he was manipulating both Katie and Kemi. Yep. And Kemi says he has this way of making people believe that he is sincere, which she thinks is the reason why he was so so able to con everyone in their family. So now Kemi explains to us that Katie's husband, Wally, who was Kemi's brother, was a Vietnam vet who became very um, sick with a kind of a neurological condition as a result of war. Um, and Dick Scott Smith used that and jumped in to be like the big hero and took medical power of attorney and then basically stole his uncle's home out from underneath him, sold about all of his stuff and, um, did everything he could to try to turn the family against one another. I mean, this is his, this is his actual family. This is, these are his blood relatives. So he gets his uncle put into a home so that he can then steal his home, his actual home sells his stuff and then tries to create like so much conflict in the family that they like tear themselves apart from the inside Mm. and then leaves again as he does in typical fashion leaving them all in ruins and with nothing yeah and it's so sad katie's like you know she's basically saying i was an easy target because i loved him yeah and then he also played on her need to have kids so he made her feel you know he he played her perfectly and that's unfortunately you know there's this moment where she's like looking right at the camera and she's saying you know i may hate him for all these things but i wouldn't have gotten in so deep if i hadn't thought i loved him yeah like i she truly believed like well you know it's her her nephew of course you know i love my nephews i love my i love my nephew you know if somebody tried to do that to me i'd be like okay I would, I would, I would want to believe anything that my nephew said to me. You know what you know? I mean? I would be like, yes, this love is real. Because yeah. it is. In our case, it is. Yes, like, it is. Um, <sighs> so we're back to the private investigators. Yes. And yay, guess who we see? That's right. They're staking out Lee's house again. That's right. And a man just pulled up and went in the house. And they're like, who was that? And they're like, just stay on it. Yeah, they're so and funny. And then who just comes like walking out in full view but Dick Scott's. Yeah, you guys. always on the phone, guys. Always never on not talking phone. on a cell phone, leaving all those wonderful messages we are imagining right. that we keep hearing. And he's getting in a Rav Four, and the private investigators start to follow him. And is it so? This is where I'm confused. So we hear somebody say, "Aren't we supposed to call the cops now?" Is yeah. that the producer? I think that's one of the producers. Yeah. And then um, Stephen says, "Absolutely not." And I thought, "Wait, what? He's right there. I like, know. call the cops." But because I guess. Even though now we've learned he is kind of a violent criminal. Yeah. Up until this episode, we thought it was more like identity theft, yeah. con man stuff. But I mean, he is actually wanted for domestic abuse. Yeah. Uh, that's a serious offense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's like, no, we're not calling the cops. We're going to figure out where he's going, what his patterns are, like what his routine looks like every day. And then we'll get the cops involved because we're only going to get one shot at this guy. And I was like, it's a good point. Okay. I can follow you there. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not thinking that's bad. Advice. I have to agree. I also had the feeling of like, what the hell? Why are they not calling the cops? I mean, he's right there. He's in front of them. But this makes sense because if he tried to run, they they'll now know where his, like yeah. where he hangs. Like where he works, where he's living, mm-hmm. who he's in contact with. So then they get in touch with, we didn't know this, but there's another PI working with them. That's right. Uh, a fun lady named Natalie That's who right. is um, parked in 
a parking lot at a boat repo center mm-hmm. where they they think maybe this is where he's working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Natalie has three major pet peeves. And mm-hmm. what are they, Vanya? Liars, cheaters, and thieves. Yes, they are. So she gets it. <laughs> yeah. I, those are my pet peeves, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I and don't he like is all either. three. And he is every one of those Oof, things. So yeah. she says that she has great empathy for ev- any woman that ever came in contact and got fucked over by yeah. this guy. So she's a good one. And then they're like, well, stay on him. And he's mm-hmm. on the move again. So they're going to follow him. And they follow <laughs> him to a boat dock. Yeah. Where there is a boat in a dock. That's what a boat dock is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... On a lake. On a lake. And Dick drives up. And then there is another man in a white car who pulls up next to Dick. And they're like, who is it? Who is it? And they're zooming in. And the PIs think, and I think they're right, that it's Oscar, who is Lee's father. So then they run like a check on the owner of the boat and the owner of the RAV4. The boat belongs to Oscar. And it appears that the RAV4 belonged, past tense, to Oscar. But he has given it. To Dick Scott yeah. Smith. And then Oscar leaves and the PIs are kind of like, what do you think he's doing? They're not really sure, but they're like, something bad. Like, mm-hmm. the, like what, what is the goal here? What is the right. end game? And um, I wrote, is he going to rip off Lee's old father? Yes. And yeah, I think that's... I mean, absolutely. I think that's... He's doing his... He's moved on to old men. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently he'd done it before with his own uncle. But. Yeah. So this is another example of, I think... Taking advantage Making of. yourself a family member yeah. and then destroying your family. Exactly. So the fact that Lee still welcomes him into her life even after their relationship ended, he refers, you know, she talks about the relationship he had with her parents. And so he's like now, I think, playing yeah, a family con. Definitely and then a phone starts ringing and right. a woman's voice, Heidi or Rachel, the producers, hi, I'm looking for Daryl, Lee's boyfriend. And then a man says, yes, ma'am. And she tells him, we're doing a documentary on Dick Scott Smith. Do you know him? And Daryl says, oh, my God, I'm glad you called, which is the name of this episode. Oh, yes, that's right. And he tells them that he is trying to slide in and do something. His gut tells him that it isn't right. And I then, love Daryl, I yeah, have to say. me too. And he's like, this guy is awful. And they say, well, we're trying to figure out what he's up to. Would you be willing to help us out? That's right. And I was like, oh, my God. And Daryl's like, oh, yes, I will do anything I can to help. So in my brain, I really thought like, well, hold on, I'm jumping the gun. But I was like, they got an inside man. Now. I know. Well, and because he, he said, because this shit's crazy. This shit's and I'm crazy. like, oh, God, what what's crazy is yeah. going on? Like, tell us about so it, Daryl. So now Daryl and his hysterical dog, who is hysterical. It's like a little multi poo. And it's little, just funny. It's got a funny face and it likes to swim. And I'm yeah. a sucker for any dog that likes to swim. Um, but... Daryl, now being interviewed by the filmmakers, say that he and Lee have been dating for three years. And then out of nowhere today, so the day of the interview, which maybe is the same day as the phone call, if these people really can work that fast. Yeah. Um, he says, today he gets a text message saying, we're no longer a couple, we're done. And then I was like, but what about the Aqua Babies? <laughs> and also my inside man theory, I was like, oh no, she... She cut him out. Yeah. So I was like, so he's not still like with her. I had this whole beautiful thing in my brain where he was still Lee's boyfriend. They still loved their aqua babies. Yeah. And he was going to secretly like fuck up Dick Scott Smith. But no, Dick got his hooks into Lee. Yeah. And um, Daryl is out. But and they're then, interviewing him, and he was saying that, you know, when Lee starts drinking, she's an easy target to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And he said he was unaware of the whole thing. Like, he didn't know. Apparently, 
uh, Dick Scott Smith, you know, came into town Mm -hmm. and after probably after one of when maybe after he left the Wichita, most likely, right? Like that was it. And his dad, Oscar, her dad picks him up at the bus station. They're really just taking care of him. Yeah, they gave him a place to live, picked him up from the bus station. Daryl starts to notice that, um, like, Dick Scott Smith is calling Oscar dad, like referring to him as dad. And he says, that's weird. It is weird. Because it is. <laughs> I wrote, that's bananas. And he also yeah. says that Oscar is old. And so yeah. his, he's dealing with, you know, the failings of a memory that come with old age and then possibly maybe a little dementia or yeah. Alzheimer's. It kind of alludes to that. And so he, Daryl, Daryl's smart, y'all. He is. Those he's, aqua babies need him. I know. He's trying to tell her that this guy's a con man. Con man's a lie. He's going to be sitting there holding your money while you're crying yeah. in your pillar. Yeah, you're going to be biting that pillow. Yeah, but I love him. He says, love will stay with you forever if it's real love. Yeah. He's and like, this isn't love. This, this is, is a con. Mm-hmm. This is a con man. The writing is on the wall. Yeah. And then we cut back to our PIs, Stephen and Jason, <laughs> right. who are full on tailing Dick Scott Smith. And it's very I'm exciting hot, to My watch. heart was yeah, like, like pounding. I'm like, oh my God. You don't know if he's going to spot them, you know. And so they're on the move again is what I wrote. He goes to a gas station. He's never not on the cell phone, you guys. Mm. And we have just become convinced that what he is doing is leaving voicemails to various women who he is in the process of conning or did con, but it's trying to, con- you know, and they found the blog and he's trying to talk them out of believing it, but he's yeah. never not on the phone. Yeah. And then we leave, we're driving again, we're following him. And then I feel like you, this is the kind of stuff that you're really interested in. But Steven starts talking about yes. what he's noticing as so he's been following him. It's the craziest thing. His Dick Scott Smith's rear view mirror has always been positioned to only look at himself. So he can only see himself. He can see his, his hair, his glasses. Um, I wrote, he's a fucking narcissistic sociopath, which is exactly what one of the guys said immediately after. Yeah, he's um, like, it's good for us because he's exactly. not looking behind him, which, I mean, he knows people are looking for him. Yeah. So like how egotistical. Yeah. Well, a true sociopath, you know, nothing is ever their fault. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about, you know, they they just only care about themselves. Yeah, and they don't care who they hurt, even if they are the common they no denominator yeah. in like oh, every yeah. terrible relationship. And they're the thing. They it's never their fault. It's so fascinating to me because if you can, you can still be a sociopath and not not like a con man, right? Those people can still destroy your lives, but in different ways, right? And this guy happens to be a sociopath who is also a pretty damn good con man. Yeah, he is. So they're following him, oh, you guys, man. and they watch him. Let's just go back and forth yeah. here. He buys a burner phone. He's buying, he's looking at new cars. He's going to buy a car. He goes to an open house to maybe buy a new house. He also buys liquor for probably Lee. Yeah. But anyway. He stops at a liquor store, which we thought was, yeah, probably for Lee because that's how she is best and most easily manipulated. Yeah. And then they follow him to a bar. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, poor Lee. I know. Like they're meeting at a bar. There's cameras in the bar. Right. They have somebody in like the bar. In the bar. I don't know how they work this out. It's amazing. But actually. these PIs are good. Um, and he walks in. He comes up to a woman who we've only seen from behind and puts his arm like, you know, on her waist and they've got their heads together. And then somehow they sneak around and get a shot from the front. And that woman is not Lee. We never seen this woman before. This is a brand new uh, mark. Mark. Yeah. And that is how the episode ends. But I think that what we are, we're piecing this together kind of with the filmmakers. So what we're seeing him do is use a, a woman, 
that's what he does. Yeah. Lee. She's now left the father of her aqua babies. Her dad's like possessions are basically yeah. being stolen out from underneath yeah. him. And I'm sure they have no idea. But he's clearly also in the middle of one of those. That's probably who he's talking on the phone to. Oh, telling sure. her about a house he found. Yeah. Telling her he's looking at buying new cars. Yeah. Um, got a new number, you know, because yeah. that's important. And so I think what they just stumbled onto was him in the middle of pulling the con that he pulled on all of the women that hired Carla, the buying of houses and cars and probably a marriage proposals coming if it hasn't come already to this woman that we have never seen before who is sitting waiting for Dick Scott Smith at the bar. And there's only one episode left, you guys. I can't wait. And I I literally, I cannot wait. And now I'm glad that the PIs followed him and tracked his behavior because they, they got to really see his what he's doing dirty work yeah we like watched him yeah. i mean we have they show him buying the burner phone going to the honda dealership and like checking out cars I mean, going into an him. open house and he's never looking around he's like so, on the phone yeah. and looking at himself in his rear room mirror he looks like just a dick he is the biggest douche canoe yeah thank you for listening to rom crime with avrin and vanya episodes arrive every other tuesday so be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all things Rami and crimey. You can also follow us on Instagram at romcrime or email us movie and true crime suggestions at romcrimepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.